Welcome back to another episode of Love Your Life Podcast. I am so happy that you have joined in on this podcast and we are talking about plant-based diets. By the time that this episode airs, I will be in lovely Germany. So wish me all the well. Let's dive into today's topic. The changes that we make today can really have a massive impact on the quality and the length of our lives. But the other thing is it has a huge impact on our planet as well. Sustainable living means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Ultimately, it means um, living within our means. And if possible, leaving the planet to be in a better shape for future generations, which is really near and dear to my heart. This term of sustainability has been a huge topic um, that has been around and has been a huge interest as of lately. Everything is advertised as being green, but don't necessarily be fooled with all of the marketing appealing that is tending to our emotions. We need to take a huge part in what is going on with our environment. And this also includes really paying a close attention to what is going on with our health at the very same time. So as you know, the main focus of health and well-being is surrounded by lifestyle choices, mainly your diet and your exercise. But this is nothing new to you. Um, You understand the benefits of eating well and exercising and getting plenty of sleep. We have talked about this numerous times on this podcast. But do you understand the benefits that are associated with having more of a plant-based eating? I want to talk about this a little bit deeper so that you can make the decision on whether or not this dietary protocol or this lifestyle, as I rather call it, is right for you. Now, full disclosure, I am not vegan at all. I do have a lot of friends that are, so please do not hold that against me. But I do believe in having a lot more plant-based foods in my diet. So although I still eat a lot of antibiotic, free-range, hormonal-free meats, I do incorporate quite a lot of vegetables in my diet, and I do see the benefits of having that. So I'm not trying to steer you one way or the other. I'm just giving you the facts. Plant-based eating is often associated with reducing the risk of obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and high blood pressure. The environmental benefits include lowering your carbon footprint, conserving water, preserving the ecosystem, and also having cleaner air. And according to the United Nations, choosing a healthy traditions like Mediterranean, pescatarian, or vegetarian diets could not only boost human lifestyle and the quality of life, but it can also slash emissions and save the um, the habitat and our endangered species. So it's a win-win for all. These are some recent statistics according to the World Health Organization in regards to obesity and the health issues around the world. Obesity rates have tripled since 1975. In 2016, close to 2 billion adults were considered overweight, of which 650 million were identified as being obese. Now, most of the population have lived in countries where overweight and obesity kills more than um, half the people um, around the world. So make sure that you are really, really paying attention to the foods that you are eating. Although 
a lot of the population around the world is also dealing with another thing, which is being overweight. So it's really quite interesting. You have this obesity epidemic in a lot of these countries, but then there's also that counter epidemic of being underweight. Obesity is preventable and is caused by increased intake of energy dense foods, high and bad fats, and lack of physical activity along with lots of high carbohydrates. Um, health consequences include cardiovascular disease, diabetes, mesoskeletal disorders, cancers of the breast, prostate, liver, and colon. Nothing is good. And according to the World Health Organization, diabetes is chronic, right? These are dealing with elevated levels of blood glucose or blood sugar, which leads over time to serious damages of the heart, blood vessels, eyes, kidneys, and nerves. I actually know someone whose daughter had really bad diabetes and recently had to lose her foot. That is very scary, you guys. You do not want to be that person. The number of adults living with diabetes has nearly quadrupled since 1980. 422 million adults currently have diabetes. Now, I'm not trying to scare you guys, but you need to pay attention to this. Over 1 million deaths are attributed to diabetes annually making diabetes one of the leading causes of death across the globe. These conditions are associated with diabetes include blindness, uh, amputations like I just talked about, kidney failure, and type, type 2 diabetes is preventable. I will be having someone on the podcast in a future podcast that is going to cover diabetes. He actually has been um, diagnosed with diabetes and he's going to talk about his ways of helping out with that condition. Cardiovascular disease. So let's touch base with this. Cardiovascular disease um, are a leading cause of death globally. In fact, four out of five CD, CVD deaths are due to heart attacks and strokes. And risk indicates include raising blood pressure, glucose, and lipids, as well as overweight and obesity. According to the um, according to the WHO, eating at least five servings of fruit and vegetables a day and limiting your salt intake to less than one tablespoon a day can really help prevent heart disease, um, strokes, and heart attacks. Here are some key facts when it comes to cardiovascular disease: eighty percent of premature heart attacks and strokes are preventable. Uh, Heart-healthy diet includes plenty of fruit and vegetables, whole grains, lean meats, fish, and pulses with restricted salt, sugar, and high bad fat intake. 30 minutes of regular physical activity every day also really helps maintain cardiovascular fitness. So I tell people all the time, the reason why you do cardio is for your cardiovascular fitness. Yes, you can lose weight, but really you lose most of the weight doing strength training. Hypertension is another thing. So there are very, very strong evidence that the following steps can be reduced um, risk of hypertension. Eating a healthy diet, reducing your salt intake, getting at least five servings of fruit and vegetables daily, limiting your saturated fat intake, limiting the intake of your alcohol, um, increasing regular physical activity, stopping the use of tobacco, and reducing the amount of stress that you have. All things that are really easy to do, right? It's not that hard to do. 
So let's go back and to talk about the term that I mentioned earlier, which is a carbon footprint. This is not that new. You've probably heard of it before. Um, what it really means, the footprint describes the total impact of carbon, which is referred to as greenhouse gases. Greenhouse gases are various gases such as carbon monoxide and methane. These compounds are released into the environment at alarming high rates due to the use of fossil fuels and agriculture. So the World Watch Institute estimates that the livestock production is responsible for as much as 51% of greenhouse gas emissions. That's a lot, you guys. That is a lot. So how does eating a plant-based diet reduce your carbon footprint? So if you are very big into environmentalism, even if you're not, you really want to be able to reduce this environmental footprint. So how can you do this? Consuming less meats reduces the amount of greenhouse gas emissions from livestock production. Less land needed for livestock production equates to more land for carbon trapping crops, lower demand of livestock um, because you're not going to consume as much. By changing to a plant-based diet, the U.S. could meet greenhouse gas reduction goals. So simply by doing that and we all partake in eating less of the livestock means that we can actually have a huge impact, right? It starts small and then it ends up being really big. When we think of water conservation, which is another topic I want to talk about for this, we consider watering the lawns less frequently and maybe shortening our showers. However, the livestock industry guzzles gallons upon gallons of our dwindling water supply. Did you know that approximately 70% of the Earth's surface is water, which is over 95% of this being um, ocean water? Now, some hard facts. Agriculture accounts for 80 to 90% of our limited supply of fresh water. Just one hamburger, you guys, one hamburger to get that hamburger meat uses 660 gallons, right? So to compare, an average shower uses about 17 gallons of water. So think about that. You take a shower, that's about 17 gallons to produce one hamburger for the agricultural rate, it's 660 gallons. Producing a pound of beef requires a total of 1,800 gallons of water. I said that right, 1,800 gallons of water. It requires about 100 times more water to produce a pound of animal protein than it does for a pound of grain. So it takes 1,000 gallons of water to produce just one gallon of milk. So you can see how this is very crucial in preserving the ecosystems. Because the ecosystems are biological communities that are made up of interacting organisms and the physical environment and are important contributors to diversifying. Each species plays a huge role in this whole ecosystem. Approximately one-third of the land capable of being plowed and used to grow crops is currently used for animal agriculture. The abuse of animal agriculture largely contributes to deforestation, which is the destruction of the forest land, and desertification, which is destruction of land resulting from livestock grazing. Bottom line is meat-centered diets are highly linked to harming human health, and the destruction of the ecosystem. 
Let's talk a little bit about the air quality and dead zones. If you live by a livestock, you know that the air quality is not good. Whoo, does it smell horrible. That's because livestock agriculture produces large quantity of manure and urine, which contaminates our air. Modern farming practices have evolved to keep costs down. Unfortunately, this has resulted in tens of thousands of animals being crowded into small spaces, making animal waste problem even worse. And you guys probably have smelt it if you've ever gone past a feedlot. It smells horrible, absolutely horrible. You do not want to breathe. So the concentrated waste being produced equals to approximately 2.7 trillion pounds of manure. That's a lot, which is 10 times that of what is produced by all American citizens. So if we all end up having bowel movements at the same time, that is 10 times more, right? Just by the concentrated waste that is disgusting of the manure. But what ends up happening to all this weight? What happens to this 2.7 trillion pounds of manure? Farmers use the manure lagoons to store all the waste. Well, once believed to be safe in 1995, 25 million gallons of manure and urine spilled from a hog farm lagoon into the New River in North Carolina. Gross. Right? And you guys are like drinking that water. You guys are fishing out of that water, whatever, I mean, using that water to, to clean your pots and pans, clean your bodies. That is disgusting. This resulted in killing more than 10 million fish and closing 3,640 uh, 3, acres of coastal wetlands. All right, that's a lot. So now that we know all the benefits, let's talk about why plant-based eating is good for you. The goal of plant-based eating is to increase your intake of nutrient-dense foods while eliminating the processed foods, oils, and animal foods. This style of eating is healthier because of the limited unhealthy fat intake. Food to eat, um, foods to eat more include our vegetables, fruits, beans, peas, lentils, seeds, nuts. Numerous studies back the health benefits associated when increasing plant-based foods into your diet. And I know you guys are probably thinking like, where the heck am I getting my protein, Stephanie? Don't worry. Simply send me an email over at stephanie at fitnesswellnesslife.com. I will send you a guide on where you can find that animal, sorry, not animal, that plant-based protein. I know that's the biggest question I get all the time when people are thinking about going vegan or more plant-based. They're like, where am I going to get my protein? You can get your protein, no problem. There's bodybuilders out there that are plant-based. You guys can do it. So let's talk about the different types of plant-based diets because that's the main reason why you're here, right? You want to know what are the different types of plant-based diets. This includes um, vegan. This excludes all animal products, especially meat, seafood, poultry, eggs, and dairy. And a lot of people, when they think plant-based, they think automatically vegan. Right. The next one is raw. So same exclusions as veganism, as well as inclusions of all food cooked at temperatures greater than 118 degrees Fahrenheit. There's lacto vegan uh, vegetarian, which includes excludes eggs, meat, seafood and poultry. And then includes milk products. There is 
Ovo um, vegetarian, this excludes meats, seafood, poultry, and dairy, but it includes eggs. There's lacto-ovo vegetarian, and this excludes meat, seafood, and poultry, and it includes eggs and dairy. And then there is pescatarian, which excludes meat and poultry, but it includes seafood, eggs, and dairy. Now, I'm a mixture. Like I, like I said, I like to eat a lot more um, vegetables, so I try to include that all the time. I do a meatless Monday every single week. Do I exclude all meat? No. I still have a poultry. I still have a little bit of seafood. But for the most part, yes, I'm reducing the amount of meat that I have. Keep in mind that while these diets do restrict animal products, um, this by itself does not automatically guarantee a healthy diet. Vegetarian diets can be high in processed foods, unhealthy carbs, fats, sugars, and salt. There's so many times where I know people who go on to these diets and they're like, I can't believe I gained all this weight. And I was like, yeah, because you're still eating junk food. You're just eating it vegan. <laughs> and there's like healthy junk food that if you eat that in uh, abundance, you're still going to have issues. Many people base the decision to not follow a plant-based diet due to the strictness or the stigma surrounded by the label of vegan or vegetarian. But this does not mean that you cannot follow a vegan vegetarian style life right? And also be very flexible on the other foods on the weekend. Now, there's probably some people out there that are vegan and vegetarian that are like panicking at this, right? This podcast is a no judgment zone. As we discussed in the previous episodes, when we talked about self-care practices, please do not put any judgment out there on others. Do not judge yourself. Do what you think is best for you. So if you're looking for a style of eating that allows a little bit more flexibility, you can try the following. Whole foods, plant-based, low fat. This encourages plant foods in their whole form, especially vegetables, fruits, um, legumes, seeds, and nuts, and it limits animal products and fat. You can also try the Mediterranean, similar to whole foods, plant-based, but allows small amounts of chicken, dairy products, eggs, and red meat once or twice a month. Fish and olive oil are encouraged, and that's more of the way that I live my life. Studies reveal adopting a Mediterranean, pescatarian, or vegetarian diet could reduce the increase of um, type 2 diabetes by almost 25%, cancer for about 10%, and death from heart disease by a whopping 20% relative to an omnivore-based diet. These diets are also associated with lower greenhouse gas emissions, and it also helps um, with being um, really great people on the planet so that you can have a lovely, sustainable planet overall. So now that we have identified the health and environmental benefits of a plant-based eating and the various types of food um, that are out there, let's talk a little bit about food. There are a ton of resources out there to help beginners. Try signing up for a free meal um, planner. Um, ForksMealPlanner.com is one of them. You can also find a lot of meat-free recipes out there. I love Pinterest. Um, Or you can also check out the USDA MyPlate program for tips on meal planning. If you don't have the time to shop, you can also try a meal delivery service like Blue Apron, HelloFresh, Home Chef. Um, plated. There's another one out there that is really 
I think it's through Blue Apron, Purple Carrot or something like that. There's a lot of them that you can do. And one thing that we have not addressed yet, and I know it's probably on your mind, is how much is this going to cost me? This is always the question I get all the time. Like, okay, so being healthy is expensive. Yes, it can be. But let's break this down and really take a good look at this, right? Let's demystify this cost thing. Many people feel that plant-based diets are more expensive than any other diet out there. Well, yes, this can be very true that fresh produce can add up very quickly. You can do this diet on a budget. Beans are a really great meal replacement. Simply take your pick a black Pinto, kidney, gambanzo, cannellini, navy, etc. There's tons of beans out there. Get yourself familiar with those beans. A pound of beans runs about a dollar and twenty cents, while a pound of lean ground beef costs you right around six dollars. That is a pretty significant difference, if I do say so myself. The following are different comparisons of prices per gram of different protein sources. So you have rolled oats, about seven cents per gram. Dry beans, a dollar and one cents, right, per, per gram. Um, dry chickpeas, that is about $1.10 per gram. Dry lentils, one sixty. dollars um, Brown rice, um, that is about one, um, 1.9 cents. Sorry, these are all like 1.9 cents. Steak is about 4.5 cents per gram. gram, bleh, gram. Ground beef is 4 cents per gram. And milk is 2.7 cents per gram. Right? So you can look at it like you're looking at rolled oats at being um, 0.7 cents per gram. And then you look at your ground beef, 4 cents. Big difference, right? Transitioning to a plant-based diet may seem daunting, but you can start off gradually. So here are some tips that I have if you are looking to go into this. And I always say, please start off slowly. Like, just don't wake up tomorrow. And this is with all the, the, the dietary protocols that we talked about. Just don't wake up tomorrow and be like, you know what? I'm going to be plant-based, ketogenic, and intermittent fasting all at once. You're gonna, your body's going to be like, what the F are you doing? Like one minute we're eating cheese and having creamer in our coffee. The next minute we are putting butter in our coffee. And then all of a sudden we're not doing it. It's, it's all over the place, right? Your body's going to be like, I don't know what the heck you're doing. So here are some tips. Start by eating more of a plant-based food that you already enjoy. So just increasing the intake that you already actually enjoy. Try adding more vegetables to the current meals that you are consuming Keep your favorite foods in rotation. I do this all the time. I pretty much have the same foods that I consume all the time. Makes grocery shopping a lot easier and it helps bring down the cost of the bill. Start by eliminating animal foods that you don't eat often. So if you don't eat red meat that often, just eliminate it, right? If you don't eat salmon that often, just start to eliminate it. Uh, meet other veggie friends. So other people who enjoy these things, swap recipes, try their food. Um, again, collecting recipes that pique your interest, maybe getting them from your friends, off of social media, follow people on Instagram, follow people on um, Pinterest, whatever it may be. There's tons of really great recipes. Like yesterday, I made this awesome um, meal. Well, actually, actually, like a week ago, I made this awesome meal. 
and it is quinoa with sweet potatoes. It actually called for squash, but I swapped it out with sweet potatoes and Brussels sprouts and um, cherries and nuts. It was like this hot salad. It's really good. Had plenty of leftovers because of course I buy everything from Costco. So I had plenty of leftovers. Stock your kitchen with the foods that you want in the house and take out the foods that you don't and food prep. All right. This really helps. So like food prep, the moment you start unloading your grocery bags, get that stuff out there. And some of the people might be out there like, okay, so where do I shop? Most foods are probably already offered at your current grocery stores. You can also go to your um, local uh, farmer's market. You now also have like stores online, Amazon ships, Whole Foods ships, all these different places. Natural food stores can be a little bit pricey, so make sure that you're looking for the deals. I always like to go to the local farmer's market. I find that I get my best deals over there. If you have any questions in regards to this dietary lifestyle and um, or want to try some recipes, definitely reach out to me. I would be happy to share a lot of the recipes with you. It's a really easy thing to get into. Um, really, honestly, it's not um, it's not that bad. Like one of the books that got me into it is the book How Not to Die by Michael Greger, MD. I found it out of all places at Costco. It's a pretty big th- book. It's kind of kind of a little bit scary when you look at it, um, but it's it's a great book. It talks about all the different um, health epidemics that are out there and how you can prevent them by simply changing your diet lifestyle. Um, I will also, another thing is suggest that you end up trying a lot of recipes at different restaurants nearby. It really will open you up to new possibilities. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, um, definitely been enjoying Next week, we are going to dive a little bit deeper into the sugar impact diet. And you probably heard of this term from um, JJ Virgin. She has a really great program out there um, and a really great book about the impacts of sugar. But if you have a sugar addiction and you want to learn more about the impacts that sugar has on your body, stay tuned for next week's episode as we dive even deeper into the impacts that sugar has and how you can eliminate them by learning a little bit more about this sugar impact diet and what to eat and what not to eat. All right, you guys, enjoy the rest of your day. And I will see you guys back at the same time, same spot. Again, if you love this episode, please show your love and appreciation by going to wherever it is that you are listening on it, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, whatever it may be, Spotify, leave a rating and review. I want to hear from you. And if you really thought that this episode or any of the other episodes that you might have heard is very powerful and you want to spread that love to others, share it. Share the love out there in the world. I'll see you guys next week. Bye for now. Hey, it's your girl, Stephanie. And I don't know about where you are, but it is frigid cold. We are ending January of 2019. And in Michigan, they decided that it was going to be like crazy cold. Well, when I say they, Mother Nature. So 
All I can sit there and think about is that in April, I am going to be spending six beautiful days in Mexico with my good friend, Heather, along with some amazing people. And I would love to have you guys join us for this amazing intuitive nutrition retreat where we are going to talk about really tapping in to your body and what it needs through meditative practices so that you can find what nutrients, self-care practices, exercises are ideal for you. Everyone is unique, so really finding what works best for you. On top of that, you get to stay in a beautiful private villa with a beach nearby, private pool, great food. We will teach you how we like to meal prep. Both Heather and I are big into meal prepping and we love to teach classes on it along with just being able to spend that amazing time with us and having access to an amazing spa where you can get facials, sugar scrubs, all of that um, beautiful things, massages, anything that your heart can possibly desire, all for a very low, low, low price. So if you are interested in finding out more, check out the link in the show notes. It's an Eventbrite link. And if you see that and you say, Stephanie, I still want to find out more. I want to know what the itinerary is like. I'm really, really, really interested. Email me. My email address is in the link um, description below. And I will send you a lot more details along with a lot of other photos and a link to be able to book your spot. Book it quickly because we only have four spots left and they are booking fast. They are booking super, super fast. So I want to talk about today's episode we are diving into intermittent fasting. I get a lot of the questions about this and I figured with the beginning of the new year, people are trying to change their eating habits and this is a question I get asked a lot. So we're gonna cover different types of protocols when it comes to diet, trends and stuff like that and you can figure out what works for you. Today we're diving into intermittent fasting. It's not really a diet trend, it's more so timing of your meals and I'll dive a little bit more deeper into it the pros, the cons, so that you can figure out what is best for you. And if you still have questions about it and you're kind of on the fence on whether or not you want to try intermittent fasting or any of these other topics that we're going to kind of cover in the next couple of weeks, reach out to me. You could book a free 15-minute consultation by going over to fitnesswellnesslife.com. You guys know how to reach out to me. So enjoy today's episode on intermittent fasting.